Welcome to Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Nolan Cleary. Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. This week, guests were founding father and I discussed Trump's hawkish tweets to the Iranian president, the Trump Cohen tapes, his tariff war, and more. somebody agrees with 90% of my political views because you, you're a libertarian, right? Yes, I am. So am I. So am I. So that's nice. just coincidental. But um, so uh, before we get started, why don't you talk a little bit about what you do on your uh, your Instagram page? Uh, so what I like to do is I try to make half of my posts like, you know, comedic memes half of it serious just mix it up and i'm trying to spread the message and i usually promote my articles at 71 republic if you've heard of this site it's a libertarian leaning site but we allow all opinions all right so uh why don't we get into the news so the first bit of news is roseanne barr so apparently roseanne barr as we all know roseanne barr got fired for the uh the repugnant tweet that she posted she's now claiming that the Trump, the, that what really doomed her show was the fact that she voted for Trump and that Hollywood didn't like this. Do you agree with this, uh, or do you think that was not the case? Uh, I think there's some truth to it. I think there is a bias against Trump supporters. However, she did rate, uh, tweet something that, oh, um, that was mildly racist, pretty yeah. kind of racist. And, yeah. you know, I think if... Even if a Hillary Clinton supporter uh, were to do that, I still think they'd be mad at it. Yeah. Well, and and the thing is, is um, I don't really buy that the Trump vote doomed her. Because the re- the thing is, is if they she had said for ages that she was voting for Trump, so why would ABC hire her in the first place if they were mad yeah. for voting for Trump? And then also James Gunn, who like bashed. Trump on and Trump supporters on Twitter all the time. Uh, he got fired from Disney recently. He was the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, the Marvel film. He got fired yeah. from doing the third film because he posted tweets from ten years ago that uh, were pedophilic or had that kind of 
condone pedophilia and there were other things about rape and you know other jokes like that and he got fired from the films even though he was a big liberal so I don't really buy that I, I, I feel like she's doing this to get like headlines yeah I mean uh, obviously there is a bias against uh, Trump and the media and Trump supporters but if you tweet out something racist I mean I'm not going to have the sympathy like oh it's because you voted for Trump that has little to nothing to do with it. She, you know, tweeted out something racist, calling someone a mix between, what was it, an ape and a Muslim? Well, yeah, well, they said Valerie Jarrett. She said that Valerie Jarrett, who was an Obama advisor, um, she compared her to, she said she was, what happened was there was this one, because before this, Roseanne Barr was known for retweeting a bunch of conspiracy theories, like she retweeted conspiracy theories about David Hogg and Sandy Hook and stuff. And so, um, but this time there was, uh, Julian Assange was posting a tweet about, that was pretty much bashing Valerie Jarrett, who was an Obama advisor, and Roseanne Barr said that she was a mix between the Planet of the Apes and a Muslim Brotherhood. And that was what the tweet that got her fired from her show. Yeah, I think if anyone tweets that, they'll likely be fired. And, yeah. you know, obviously it's up to the company. I mean, we're capitalists. We believe in, you know, the free market. And, you know, there is sort of a thing if your business is not liked, no one's going to buy from it. And obviously, no one wants to, you know, watch a show when the lead character calls someone that. Yeah, well, and it's the same thing with James Gunn. It's like, you know, everybody gets mad that they were fired, but that hurts the brand because Disney likes to have this family friendly image and if they have uh, somebody that works for Disney that com that makes racist remarks uh, blatantly racist remarks or posts things condoning pedophilia then that hurts their brand exactly it's like if you owned a, a like convenience store and one of your employees made racist comments you fire them it's no different for celebrities and yeah. media exactly so is there anything else you want to say about this uh, this issue? Uh, not really. I mean, I think we we summed it up pretty well. Uh, yeah. It's obviously she is, you know, trying to get attention with this, you know. Even, you know, I do believe there is somewhat of a bias, like I've said, to, to Trump, which is why I think Trump was created. But this is an exception. You know, she did actually say something bad. So I think Roseanne is the exception. She's kind of crazy. Yeah. He kind of deserved it. Yeah. So, um, so next, um, so the next thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, right at, now last week, on last week's episode, I was talking with my guest, Rashawn Blyden, about the controversial Trump-Putin meeting, um, and, uh, this, and obviously there's a big fallout, but I guess this week, Senator Bob Menendez, Democrat from New Jersey, is calling for Russian sanctions. Do you agree with um, the Russian, with the idea of putting sanctions on Russia? Uh, no, and I think for two reasons. One, economic reasons. Uh, they never work. We've already seen, you know, with China, it's hurting American farmers. And two, for diplomatic reasons, you know, meeting with him is a big step, despite what, you know, the liberals are going to say it's a conspiracy. It's just meeting with a foreign leader, you know, with a Russian leader. It's no different when any other president met with Russian leaders in the past or in the Cold War. And to put sanctions would just move us back and 
that would spark a new Cold War. Yeah. So I, I like this idea of being diplomatic with Russia, and we don't have to agree with everything Putin's doing, but yeah. I mean, we can't just get mad at him and fight these all these proxy wars. Well, you're right. And then another thing is, uh, as well, is that I, w- I was talking about this on um, on the last week's episode is, um, okay, yeah, they, we do need to send a message that you can't interfere with our elections, but, you know, everybody is taking this very hawkish stance on this position and acting like Trump should, you know... Because everybody was saying, oh, you know, Trump needs to be tough, tough, tough on Putin, and it's like... Well, you've got to be careful because if you don't look at this in a diplomatic way, then you could be starting war with Russia. And I mean, if we start, I mean, and if we start war with Russia, a not only is it a violation of the non-aggression principle, but we're also also Russia is a superpower. It's a nuclear superpower, so we could. That's not really the most ideal thing to do because of that. Yeah, I agree. And it's funny, it's coming from the liberals who are always saying, you know, they're anti-war, which is good being anti-war, but the second it's Trump, you know, they hate his anti-war stance. Like, he's saying, I don't want war with North Korea, I don't want it with Russia, and now they're like, no, you need to be harder on Russia when... Well, they they claim to be anti-war, but they nominate Hillary Clinton, who bombed Libya for all the time she was Secretary of State... Uh, and the one time they actually praise Trump, the one time the NS, the MSM praises Trump is when he bombs Syria without any congressional approval. So I think this idea, I think they, they claim to be anti-war back in the mid-2000s when Iraq was going on. But I think now that's kind of just fizzled away because it's like, it's not good when the other side does it, but it's okay when our yeah. side does it. They're anti-war that Republicans start. Yeah. And- Republicans are against the wars that the Democrats start. Yeah. Although, you know, both sides love war. Yeah. Can establish that. Both sides, yeah, neocons. Yeah. Well, one of the things that's interesting with me is, you know, no one was ever mad during the Cold War when Russia was way worse. They were, you know, the USSR when leaders would meet, you know. Yeah. They never had the other side screaming. You know, it's collusion, it's collusion. I mean, yeah. So anything else you want to say on the issue of Russia? Uh, I just want to point out another thing where, you know, if we're accusing them of hacking our elections, we kind of have to look at ourselves because of all the elections we've kind of messed with, the CIA. So I do think it's a little hypocritical, and there's really not too much evidence that their meddling's really done anything, and I think the whole thing's being blown out of proportion. Yeah. So, uh, okay, so anything else, or... I think we're going on the Russia issue. All right. To the next. So let's continue. So on last week's episode, I talked about how the Republican National Committee was looking at Charlotte, North Carolina, for their 2020 convention, where they wanted to hold their convention. Um. Uh, and I guess this week it's official. Uh, the Republicans will be holding their convention in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, now, I believe for, in 2016, the Republicans held their convention before the Democrats. In 2020, the Democrats will hold their conventions before the Republicans because the rule goes that whoever the incumbent party is goes last. Um, uh, or who, yeah, so because the Republicans are the incumbent party, now they'll go last in 2020. But 
What are your thoughts on? Do you think from a from a sta- from a campaign standpoint, do you think it was a good idea for Republicans or a smart, a clever idea for Republicans to have their convention in Charlotte, North Carolina? Um, I think that. I mean, obviously they'll have more support there, but no, I think it would probably be better to do it in more of a mixed area because with this election, if they want to go for votes, yeah. I think. You know, maybe, I think Ohio always is the swing state. Ohio or Florida would probably be one of the better ones. Well, and then in 2016, when Trump ran, he, uh, they held their convention in Ohio. And when Mitt Romney ran in 2012, they held their convention in Florida. But here's the thing. Before this, some people were saying that they should do it in, or one Trump digital advisor was saying that he was considering doing it in Las Vegas, which is not a good idea because... Nevada, I mean, sure, Nevada's a purple state, but, I mean, it's like, what, four electoral votes? It's so, like three or four. Yeah, yeah, it's like three or four. So, uh, not that big a deal, unless it was like a like a Bush versus Gore type of election where it just comes down to three votes. That, um, But I doubt it. Um, but he was saying the reason why he was considering Las Vegas, Nevada, was because it represented Trump's view of the Republican Party, which, I mean, I guess sort of makes sense to an extent. Nevada has casinos. Trump loves casinos. But I was thinking that Milwaukee, Wisconsin would have been a better place if that's the case, because that would represent Trump's view of the Republican Party because he wants to target the white working class. Yeah, a lot of manufacturing in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I think that... Yeah, exactly. But I guess the Democrats are the ones considering Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I guess for the Democrats, they haven't announced their place yet. They, I guess Denver, Colorado was their finalist spot, but they withdrew from that. I don't know why they wanted Colorado. I mean, I guess because it's estimated that there'll be up to 10 electoral votes there by 2024, but I mean... Yeah. I don't know, maybe because there's weed there. I, I don't know. Weed. But, um, and some, by the way, some Democrats still are against the legalization of marijuana, and those that are for it typically believe that it should be taxed and regulated. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I don't get Denver, Colorado, but... Um, not, yeah, they're not really... But I guess you know, I was drawn at the last minute, and I guess now Milwaukee, Wisconsin, they're looking at. But um, anything else you want to say about, like, about uh, the convention site? Uh, well, I think there is a strategy they're doing with Milwaukee, and because uh, our teacher uh, told us a few years ago, like, Milwaukee, Wisconsin is like a racist because of the income inequality between blacks and whites. So I think that's their strategy. They're gonna go there and be like, you know. Trump's only appealing to whites. Vote for us. When really, you know, black unemployment is at an all-time low. And like I've said, I'm not the biggest on Trump. I don't hate him. I don't love him. But I will admit, black unemployment is at the all-time low. That's a fact, and that's good. Yeah. So I think, you know, the Democrats are going to try to play that, you know, Trump's a white supremacist game. Probably, you know, his policies are only helping whites, you know, come help us. Yeah. But I think, you know, to counter that... They should, Trump should definitely go for a blue-collar area if that's what he's going to try to make the GOP a blue-collar party. That's true. So do you have anything else you want to add? Or? Uh, 
probably that they shouldn't do North Carolina. I think Ohio and Florida, or Florida would be the better. But I do think that they do think that North Carolina is still a swing state because yeah. Obama won it in 2008, and sure, Mitt Romney won it in 2012, and yes, Trump won it in 2016, but it was very narrow and hotly contested both of those times. So I think they, they want to hold on to that because of that. Yeah. I just think you don't go for the electoral, but I get there, what they're trying to do. Yeah. So anything else you want to add, or? Uh, not really. I mean, I guess I could ask, you know, do you have a preference, you know, the libertarian side? Do you really? Oh, I'm a I mean, I think it's going to be... I'm sorry? I, I'm, a, I'm a libertarian. But, oh, speaking of the libertarian party, would you... Uh, what do you think they're going to go with in 2020? Do you think the Libertarians are going to go for McAfee, uh, Walsh, Weld, or somebody else? Uh, I think they're going to go Weld. Yeah. I, I, That's what... Sadly. He's okay. Yeah, he's not the best. I mean... He, he supported gun control and eminent domain, and he supported yeah. Obama in 2016. Or no, he supported Obama in 2008 and said that his platform was outstanding. He, he thought that the platform of socialized Medicare was outstanding. So I, 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 I would have, if I had been eligible to vote in 2016, I probably would have, even though I had problems with Gary Johnson, I would have voted for Gary Johnson. But, um, uh, but I don't think I could vote for Bill Weld. I mean, Bill Weld is a hot artist, in my opinion. He's a Democrat who likes weed. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think the Libertarian Party has a lot of work to do. I don't think they're going to run anyone that significant. I think it's going to come down to Trump and whoever the Democrats. I think, it, you know. Well, I mean, the Libertarians do have a significant following, so they might be able to find a politician. I mean, ever since 2008, they've been getting pretty much consistently politicians for the nomination because they got, uh, yeah. what, what's his name? They got uh, Bob Barr in 2008. A lot of people didn't like him because he was too. They thought he was too much of a Republican, posing as a Libertarian. And then when they got Gary Johnson, who was the former New Mexico governor in 2012 and 2016, and people complained that he was too much of a Democrat. Yeah. But why don't we move on? I have a story about the 2016 Libertarian or the 2020 Libertarian nomination later on. But why don't we move on to the next story? Uh, yeah. Trump's uh, hawkish tweet about the Iranian president. So Trump, Don't you ever, ever threaten the United States. Yes. So he posted a tweet that said, uh, that said uh, the Iranian president, he said to President Rohana, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and then he puts in all caps, never, ever threaten the United States again or you will suffer consequences the likes of which few throughout history have ever suffered before. We will no, we are no longer a country that will stand for your demented words of violence and death. Be cautious. What are your thoughts on this hawkish tweet? Uh, if we're being honest, I'm not sure it'll really do as much, but it's just so dumb and it's dumb to risk, you know, a war and... Yeah. I mean, really, the all caps, like, you you know, the destruction you've never seen before. I think it's ridiculous of him. I don't think it's they're going to start a war over a tweet, but still he's putting, you know, the fate of the world because of how, how nuclear weapons work in the hands of tweeting to get attention, honestly. You know, he's deep down, he's doing it for 
to make his following love him more. And, you know, the MAGA cultures are loving it. And the rest of us are like, whoa, calm down. Calm down, bro. But, I mean, it's it's not diplomatic. I mean, it's not diplomatic yeah. in any way. Exactly. It's, you know, and it's funny how, you know, he wants to meet and get better uh, ties with Russia, but to Iran, he's telling them he's going to destroy them when Iran and Russia are kind of close, so not really the smartest of moves. <laughs> yeah. So, um, anything else you want to say on this issue? Uh, someone needs to take Trump's Twitter away, honestly. I've been saying that for the last two years. I've been saying Honestly, like, give it to some secretary, like, secretary of social media, whatever. Well, you know, when Obama first got into office, the Secret Service said to him, like, I think they said you can't use this type of phone in the White House or something. Yeah, you can't use uh, smartphones because of cameras. So why don't they just tell Trump, no, you can't do this. This is this is not diplomatic at all. He really, I mean, he wouldn't really listen. You know how Trump would be. He'd probably go on a tweeting storm like, you know, the Secret Service said, I can't use this phone. I am the president. I most certainly can. He acts like a child. He, he does. It, it can be funny. I, You know? Yeah. Anything else you want to say or? Uh, well, I, I can only say I think we can only hope he can focus on diplomatic with Iran, and I don't think this is going to help. I don't think it'll start a war, but it's certainly going to kind of, you know, piss him off. And, you know, I bet the Iranian president was laughing a little bit, though. Like, did he actually just do this? Yes. So, do you want to move on, or is there anything else you want to add? Uh, we can move on if you'd like. All right. So, let's talk about uh, Joe Lieberman now and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Yay. Uh. So, former Senator uh, Joe Lieberman, Democrat turned independent from uh, Connecticut, who was the 2000 uh, Democratic vice presidential nominee, uh... Uh, to Al Gore uh, is now rejecting Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Now, Joe Lieberman was, when he was, even though he was in Connecticut, which is considered a pretty overwhelmingly blue state, he was considered one of the most conservative members of Congress, uh, or the most conservative Democrats in Congress, I should say, and even endorsed John McCain for president uh, in 2008. John McCain actually considered making him his running mate instead of Sarah Palin, but ultimately uh, he didn't go with Lieberman because he, uh, because of Lieberman's voting record, he thought it was too liberal. Uh, he has said to this day, he did say recently that he rejected not picking Lieberman to be his running mate in 2000. Yeah, well, he probably rejects Sarah Palin. Um, yeah. But um, Joe Lieberman, I guess, is now saying he's now rejecting Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, because, again, he's a big supporter. He's Jewish, and he's a big supporter of Israel. Um, and he is now trying to urge voters in that district. I think it's the 14th district in my state, New York not to vote for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And he's saying that it could destroy the fabric of the Democratic Party. And he's now urging his former colleague, Joe Crowley, a uh, Democrat from New York, 
to run on the third party line uh, on the working families party line. So do you, uh, what are your thoughts on Joe Lieberman saying this? Uh, I think it's, you know, obviously it's good to get her out of office. It's good for us, obviously, you know, getting her out of office. But, you know, you also got to think, you know, if she starts running and more and more of the moderate Democrats, you know, the blue dogs get out there, she's going to start destroying the Democratic Party, you know, unintentionally, you know, because... I think that's why Joe Lieberman wants her out. <laughs> yeah, you know, when we think of the Democrats, we're starting to think of more the Bernie bros yeah. and whatnot. But, and, you know, to an extent, the Democrats are, I feel like there's almost like two or three fact, fra- factions. There's the establishment Dems, the Bernie bros, and then the crazy LGBTQ, RSDW, whatever. Yeah. You know, you get the radicals, and I think the establishment Democrats should probably take a stand you know, as much as I don't like them, you know, they're still bad, but compared to the socialists, you know, I think they should start taking a stand, you know, because there are a lot of moderate Democrats you meet who are just, you know, like, want, you know, cheaper health care for certain Americans, and they're like, well, socialism's kind of crazy, and I think it's good of him for taking a stand, but, you know, I think if Cortez and this movement grows enough, they might implode on themselves, because it's yeah. going to be hard to sell socialism. So, so. yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you're probably right. And I think, again, Joe Lieberman, he's, he's Jewish, and I think his faith, because Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is a supporter of Palestine, and I think the fact that he's a supporter of Israel might have something to do with that, because he is... He's rejected uh, uh, people that don't support Israel. He actually called Obama out for the Iran nuclear deal. Um, so he's, uh, I, I think his faith might have something to do with him not. I think it might be personal to him. It might be, you know, personal, and obviously, as you said, he's more moderate. I mean, you look at the moderate Democrats, what they call, you know, possibly like blue dogs, you know, where they're just they're more you know centrist conservative and they're looking at these people and they're like destroying the party it's kind of like how you know almost like how establishment republicans look at trump i mean it's crazy you know the establishment isn't good but as i've said you know but compared to socialism yeah no you're right you know i'll do anything to keep the socialists out of office yeah so, anything else you want to say? Uh, well, we obviously need to make sure she can't get anything done. Yeah, She's... I, know. Yeah. I mean... Um, you know, uh, yeah. I guess we could get... Do you think, you know, pretty soon socialism will become more popular amongst the youth? Um, I think it is popular right now, but I, I don't think yeah. it's going to... I think... The, the good thing is a lot of the dumb things that millennials say nowadays, I think when they grow up, they're going to mature out of it. Yeah. I'd like to hope that they would. I mean, yeah. there's always the thing, the youth are more liberal because of, and then when you get older, you start working and you're like, you don't want 90% of your paycheck taken. Yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> you know, right now, they would say, like, you know, the 1% needs to be taxed more. But then, you know, the 1% isn't, you know, all just Wall Street. You know, they're not thinking about the doctors and lawyers. Yeah. 
and also, you know, you're going to tax your average white-collar and blue-collar family out of their brains. Mm-hmm. So, is there anything else, or...? Uh, I think that's good. Just, you know, go Lieberman, trying to stand up to yeah. the socialists. Yeah. So let's move on to two stories out of the state of Missouri. I'll talk about the first one. So there's Senator Claire McCaskill. She is a Democrat from Missouri. She is considered one of the most vulnerable incumbents this year because she is in a state Trump won by nearly 20 percentage points in 2016, and she doesn't have the best approval ratings. But she's hoping that a bad candidate could help her get reelected. It's looking like she, according to reports, she was targeted by the Russians. Uh, there was a, uh, according to the Daily Beast, is now reporting that uh, was, uh, among three candidates targeted by a highly determined Russian intelligence agency, according to the Post, and this is on ours.com. According to the Post, McCaskill's office received one or more fake notifications claiming the target's Microsoft Exchange password had expired and advising it to be changed. Targets who clicked on the link were directed to a counterfeit version of the United of the U.S. Senate's Active Directorial uh, Directory Federation Services login page, which would send any passwords the target entered to the people behind the fake page. McCaskill has been highly critical of Russia and considered it uh, and considered one of the most vulnerable Senate Democrats facing re-election this year. She represents Missouri, a state where Donald Trump defeated Hillary Clinton by almost 20 percentage points in the 2016 election. So what's your thoughts on this story? Uh, well, I think it's awful, you know, obviously getting our elections hacked. But I'm not sure really if it's going to affect the outcome. As you said, you know, she's not liked amongst Missouri voters and Obviously, her approval rating's down, and Trump's winning. And, of course, you have Austin Peterson kind of yep. bringing forth <laughs> a, yeah, his sort of revolution. And, uh, I mean, obviously, if Russia's doing this, like you said, we need to stop it. And it's funny how they're complaining Russia's doing it, but they're mad at Trump for trying to meet with him and stop it. So yeah. I don't really know what they expect him to do, like... Do they want him to go to war? I mean, obviously, they don't want a war with Russia. They don't want diplomatic talks, but they want him to stop them to stop meddling in the election. So I'm not really sure what they're calling for. And like I said before, I don't think this will affect the outcome at all. Claire is not going to – I don't think she's going to win either way. Still, you know, election meddling is illegal. So I I think diplomatic talks with Russia would help. I think Trump needs to tell Putin, hey, you need to stop. Yeah, and I think the Democrats need to stop yelling at Trump whenever he talks to Putin. I agree. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. I think that we need a diplomatic stance to this, and not you know we're gonna we're gonna start a war with you if you don't do that. Um, and again, I think Claire McCaskill is one of the most vulnerable incumbents, but if. God forbid the Republicans nominate Josh Hawley, she might get lucky again. Because yeah. she and Josh Hawley are pretty much tied in the polls, whereas she and Peterson are leading her by, I think, 16 percentage points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Peterson would easily beat Claire McCaskill, like, any day. It's going to come down to Josh Hawley or him. And... I was at his campaign headquarters last week, and I was on a trip in Missouri, and I was at his, his, cam- his campaign headquarters. Oh, that is awesome. I'd love to go there. I didn't get to meet him at have... his headquarters, yeah. Uh, I have a bit of his merch. Yeah, I got a bumper sticker in there. One of his staff and Nice. Oh, that's awesome. I have his hat. <laughs> Made taxation theft again. Taxation isn't theft, it's extortion. Yeah, that's what the Yeah. That's what I like to say. That's what Larry <laughs> Sharp... I, I, here in my state, we're trying to get Larry Sharp elected governor. Yeah, I've heard about him. He's, I've heard about that, yeah. Uh, taxation is extortion. Yeah. I'd like to see him elected. That'd be good. Yeah. Well, he might beat the Republican because the Republican is, like, really not doing well here. Uh, <laughs> Mark Molinaro is really, really not doing well against uh, the incumbent Andrew Cuomo. And uh, and his his running mate is pro-gun control. Uh, and we have a story on that in a second with Austin Peterson, but, um, yeah, so his opponent, uh, supports, or, sorry, uh, Mark Molinaro's running mate supports the New York State supports gun control, and that's alienated a lot of Republicans, and has led a couple Republican politicians to actually endorse Larry Sharp over Mark Molinaro, the Republican candidate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'd be nice to see uh, Larry Sharp in. It'll be hard. it'd be interesting to get a libertarian in, although it will be hard, I think. But yeah. I mean, it's you know, that'd be an nice. uphill battle. But I mean, oh yeah, it is definitely an uphill battle. Yeah, I mean, if he comes closer than expected, then that that would be a great sign for the libertarians overall. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the libertarian movement. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to say on uh, Claire McCaskill and the Russia? Well, I just kind of had maybe a question quick. Do you think Republic or um, kind of Libertarian should go with the Libertarian Party or the Republican Party? I mean, well, which I'm is a, your? I'm I'm a Libertarian, but I'm registered as a Republican because uh, I don't see much of a future for the Libertarian Party. I think the Libertarian Party often holds Libertarians back because it makes. I think when you think of libertarianism, you should think of one of the most profound ideologies in the world. But when people think of libertarians, they think of the Libertarian Party and they think of a fringe political group and they think of, pretty much they think of adults, they think of grown men dressing like little children. That's pretty much what they think of. Yeah, and smoking weed, yeah. But if they were to go with the Republican Party, if they were to take over the Republican Party, and trust me, a lot more Republican groups are libertarian um but if they were to go with that then they could actually get their name on a national level yeah that's so you're kind of supporting what austin peterson is doing switching to the definitely yeah i think you know it's okay to use both of them as tools i don't think we have to focus on just one but yeah you know, I think growing the Libertarian Party would help, and also getting candidates in the GOP and reforming it would help. Yeah. I think it would better... I think if the Libertarians got into the Republican Party and took over the Republican Party, that would better bulk Libertarianism as an ideology and the Republican Party as a whole. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we can, you know, ally with the some conservatives, like, you know, Ted Cruz, who's a bit more Libertarian. 
we're kind of yeah. I'm not opposed to doing that to advance the liberty movement. Yeah. You know, we kind of kick kick out the neoconservatives and Yeah. But the problem the problem I do have with people like Ted Cruz and a lot of Tea Partiers are that the Tea Party like they care about civil liberties, but they only care about it when it's their civil liberties that affect yeah. them. Yeah. Like uh like libertarians like care about everybody's civil liberties whereas with the, the Tea Party they're like, "Oh yeah, we're all for civil liberties." We're all for religious liberty, and then they see like two uh, two consenting adult women or two consenting adult men that want to get married, and they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa we can't allow whoa, whoa, whoa. that." Yeah, exactly. Them. And you know, they're really they were really only for shrinking government when Obama was in office. Yeah. Now they don't. Well, I think the Tea Party movement has kind of fizzled away. I think it was something that came and went. I think it was. I think it kind of became the the. What happened was in two thousand from two thousand and six to two thousand and to the time that Obama got elected, the Republican Party was pretty much in shambles because Democrats wiped them out in the two thousand six midterms. Two thousand eight, Obama won and they got a supermajority in the Senate. Republicans were pretty much out of power, so they needed a new mantra. So Democrats really helped Republicans by passing Obamacare because that energized a lot of Republicans. And Republicans were pretty much able to adopt the Tea Party platform, which opposed Obamacare for a number of years. And uh, a lot of Republicans then, were able to get elected on a Tea Party platform. But then I think oh, Trump came along and they've just kind of replaced the Tea Party platform with the Trump platform. Yeah, so they kind of abandoned Obamacare. Yeah, exactly. or, you know, not like they've abandoned repealing it. They're just like, eh, we'll just change it a little bit. Well, yeah, and I've seen all these people say, oh, Trump's so great. He's kept all his promises. And then I'm always like, Obamacare. Obama. Exactly. They couldn't even agree. Like the Republicans before were like, Obamacare is the worst thing ever. We need to get real rid of it. And then when they're in power, they're like, well, I like this part of it. Yeah, it's like. No, it's not. It shouldn't just be, like, part of a repeal. It should be a full repeal. Exactly. Because it makes them unpopular, because everybody's like, but we, it's not, it's not nice. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I won't do that again. I won't touch this. I'm so sorry. Oh, please forgive me. Please. I'm so sorry. We'll, we'll just touch this part of it. We won't touch this. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Exactly. It was funny. Uh, When it came out, they were like, in a law class of mine, people were, like, talking about it. They're like, oh, this is the worst thing ever. It's like, it's going to, you know, cut coverage. And then I was the one saying, they're like, I don't like this either, but because it doesn't do enough. I was, like, looking at it like, so they're going to just cut bits and pieces? Like, yeah, it's just that, like. That was kind of when I was even more, I was at one point the big Trump, I was a big Trumper. And, you know, I started looking at that. I was like, what are the Republicans doing? Like, they had, like, seven years to plan. Yeah. And they can't even get it done. That, that's very true. So, um, yeah. So, is there anything else you want to talk about on this issue, or? Uh, Claire McCaslin. We were talking about, yeah, Claire. Claire McCaslin, that just kind of fizzled into Libertarian Party and then Obamacare. And uh, that, yeah, that's fine. So, you want to leave it at that? Oh, uh, yeah, let's, what's the next topic? So the next topic is Austin Peterson is raffling off a machine 
that uh, can print untraceable AR-15s. Uh, I, I, I went to the, I, I kind of helped out when I was at the Austin Peterson headquarters. Uh, one of the staffers texted me last week and said, oh, well, you know, you haven't signed up for this raffle yet. And I was like, well, I'd really like to sign up, except in my state, I don't think that's legal, unfortunately.
you know, I like small government unless it's the police. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things, have you noticed, you know, some people, I noticed, were getting a little mad at him for doing this, but it's pretty obvious what he's doing, you know. He's, like, appealing to Trump and Trump supporters. Yeah. I'm sure you've noticed that. He's doing that for votes. We, well, we yeah. shouldn't all know that. A lot, yeah, a lot of people criticize him because when he was running for president on the libertarian line, he's like, Trump is the worst. Trump is blah, blah, blah. Trump is... You kind of was like anti-Trump, but now I think to get elected, you kind of have to embrace Trump, sort of. Yeah, I mean, he's the leader of the party. Unless you're Justin Amash. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think and Eric Brakey, who's the Ron Paul-endorsed candidate who actually won the Republican nomination for Senate in Maine this year, uh, he's kind of been stepping back and more so praising Trump on a few more issues. Well, that's a good strategy because Trump will work better with people who like him. Yeah. I mean, you know, if Austin Peterson appeals to him and says, you know, oh, you're a good guy, and then he's like, you know, you're a good guy. Also, we should get better tax cuts. Yeah, exactly. Um, I still think Austin Peterson has an uphill battle in the primaries to defeat Yeah. Josh Hawley, but hopefully he'll win. I think McCaskill will be the easy part. Yeah, he do you think that Josh Hawley could beat McCaskill? Maybe, but I think Peterson obviously would have the better chance. Yeah, I'm thinking that in a wave year, for if it's a wave year for Democrats, which it's kind of shaping up to be, I think, I think Republicans will make some Senate gains. I think, here's my current prediction right now, if Josh Hawley is the nominee, my prediction is that Republicans will pick up North Dakota and Florida, and Democrats will pick up Arizona and Nevada. And then it'll still stay the same. It'll be 51-49. That would be... I guess I could see that. Yeah. I would like a little bit more red seats, though, but... I mean, even though the Republicans are kind of I think they'll glad, take back they... the House. The Democrats will take back the House. There's been talk about, yeah, they might take back the House. I mean, I think everything is really on their side for the House right now, because there are so many yeah. Republicans... Retiring, they only they don't need that many seats to retain control of the house. Um, I think everything is just in their favor right now. Yeah, I agree. Although I think the president, I think Trump's gonna get another term. I do think Trump will get another term. Uh, I I think that I think if everything goes according to plan with the economy being good, I mean the economy comes before everything else in a presidential election year. So unless exactly. they get a really good candidate, and unless the economy the economy bombs before 2020, then Trump is probably on track for a. He's, I'm not saying he's going to get reelected, but I think he's on track for a second term currently. If the election yeah. tomorrow, he'd be reelected. Unless oh, for sure. There'd have to be a, like you know, if the stock market actually crashes or there's a recession, you know, yeah. blue wave majorly. And people will blame the free market, they'll blame Trump, and really, if there's going to be problems with the economy, it's going to go back to things like the Federal Reserve, and really, that's what kind of is going to cause a bad economy, because yeah. of the destruction of the dollar. Yeah. And obviously, that's not really on Trump, but it's on everyone. <laughs> that, that's very true. Is there, uh, is there anything else you want to say on this issue? On Peterson, well, I think that's the most, awesome, like I said, one of the coolest things I've seen a politician do, and I, I just love it, and I think that's the kind of guy people should be wanting in office. You know, he's brutally honest. 
he's like a guy you'd want to hang out with if you've been on his live streams and I he bet, just does I stuff like that nice and he just does stuff like that he gives yeah. out 3d print ar-15s i mean he's the best guy for the liberty movement i think right now that's very true uh anything else you want to say or should we leave it at this i think we could leave it at that maybe just one more thing you know like right now you know i think for everyone out there ap needs to be the leader of the liberty movement even if he's in the libertarian party yeah. right now he's probably the best we got you know rand's good but rand's you know peterson's right. young yeah rand's all right yeah. he's not as good as his dad but i mean yeah i, I mean ron paul obviously is like that and if you want to be a senator in kentucky yeah, I mean, I was going to say, obviously, uh, was it Ron's gone? You know, he kind of helped movement, but he's retired now, and, you know, Peterson's young, and yeah. I, like I said, he does stuff like this. I think he's the best leader for the Liberty Movement, even if he isn't in the Libertarian Party. Yeah. So anything else you want to say, or should we just leave it at that? I think we could leave it at that. Uh, vote for Peterson if you're in Missouri. <laughs> so let's continue on to... Uh, the Georgia governor's race. So, uh, Brian Kemp on this on the, uh, this past Tuesday, Brian Kemp won the nomination for the Republicans in uh, for governor of Georgia, and he is going to face Stacey Abrams uh, in the general election. Uh, now, the first day of the because they have what a run you know what a runoff is, right? Yeah. So the first uh, primary day they had, uh, Casey Cagle, the lieutenant governor, actually came in first, uh, but he didn't get, uh, he didn't do as well as expected because Brian Kemp actually put out these ads which were like extremely ultra conservative, and it was almost like a Joni Ernst thing where Joni Ernst wasn't doing well, but then she. Uh, she got herself together and she got ads out and that helped her out quite a bit. So, um, so that's what happened with Brian Kemp. He put out these ads which got national attention and so he came in second to, uh, to Kemp. Stacey Abrams got the nomination, got 70% of the nomination, uh, of the vote for the nomination in Georgia, so she became the nominee. But the Republicans didn't have a nominee because nobody received 50% of the vote. But this Tuesday, Brian, uh, prior to this Tuesday, Donald Trump actually endorsed Brian Kemp. Uh, and this Tuesday, Brian Kemp won this, uh, won the nomination. Now, uh, this race, now he's going to face Stacey Abrams, who is a progressive activist and the former, uh, the former minority leader. Uh, excuse me, of the Georgia House of Representatives this November, if Stacey Abrams wins, she'll be the first black female governor in American history of any state. Um, so he's hoping that he'll win that. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, what are your thoughts on uh, this happening? Uh, I mean, I obviously, you know, don't, I don't live in Georgia, so obviously it won't affect me much. I mean, obviously, I hope, you know, a progressive obviously won't help, you know. But uh, I think it will be hard for him because he's going against a black woman, and you know how the Democrats are. He basically cannot insult her. You know, he can't go super hard on her, or he will get called racist and sexist. Would you agree? Yeah, I 
Yeah, but he, yeah, I mean, he's already running a politically incorrect campaign. Yeah. I mean, he wrote, I mean, he put out an ad where he's like, here's my truck where I put them illegals. Yeah, I'll just shed that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, obviously, he's kind of, he is becoming the Trump, you know, the populist, and, you know, the people who are there who are like, you know, we're not just going to elect someone because they're a black woman. Yeah. This, you know, Mm-hmm. Obviously, she's very progressive, as he mm-hmm. said. So, I think you know it's going to just come down to how well he can do. And obviously, I think it's going to come down to what she says because if she says crazy things that are so progressive, I think the moderates will be like, "Screw you, we're going with this guy," which is kind of what happened in the election. You know, the Democrats were saying crazy things, and they're like, "You know what? We're going with Trump." Yeah. Well, it should be noted the incumbent governor is Nathan Deal. He is currently uh, term limited. Um, he's a Republican. He's currently term limited, so he can't run again. Uh, if uh, Stacey Abrams wins, she will be the first Democratic governor elected in Georgia since 1998. So tw- she'd be first in 20 years. Um, but also... Um, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah, so right now, Politics Weekly lists this race as a toss-up. Um, Trump won the state in 2016 by six percentage points. Yeah, I agree it'll be a toss-up. I think it's just going to come down to who says the most controversial thing and where the moderates go. Yeah. So, obviously, if, you know, he says something crazy about illegals, it might go that way, and if she says, you know some sort of crazy uh, left-wing, you know, hating on white men or something, the moderates will go. So I think, like I said, it'll just come down to who's crazy, says the craziest thing. And I think Trump may influence it a little bit if he does more endorsing. Obviously, you said he endorsed him. Yeah, he endorsed him. So I think that's going to help. So like I said, I think it'll come down to who says the crazier things and they'll go with the other one. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about this race? Or... Uh, I guess, you know, point out that that's kind of what our elections have become. You know, two people say nutballish things and whoever's less crazy wins. Yeah. So anything else? Uh, I think that's it for that. So speaking of Georgia, a Georgia lawmaker uh, named Jason Spencer resigned. He was on a show called who is America? So I guess I haven't watched Who is America, but I guess what it is is it's this documentary on primetime TV. Or it's a show on primetime TV with the actor who played Borat. And I guess the whole premise of the show is that they get politicians, typically right-wing politicians, to say crazy stuff. Like there was like one episode where they tried to get Republicans to say that they endorse giving guns to preschoolers. But I guess there's one episode where he got him to uh, run around and say uh, all these uh, racist things, all these racial slurs, and he came under fire for that, and I guess this isn't the first time he's come under fire for something like that. I guess he actually, during right after Charlottesville, when there was discussion of the Georgia state legislatures as to whether they should take down some of the statues, he said that he was criticizing one of his colleagues who was Democratic and was an African-American woman who wanted to take the statues down and said she would go missing 
if she's actually succeeding in getting the statue. Oh. So he resigned uh, this week. What are, What are your thoughts on that? Well, with the show, I think it's a really dumb and kind of cruel idea. Obviously, it's free speech and I support it, but that is kind of stupid. And, you know, saying, you know, you're going to disappear if you do that. I mean, that's pretty crazy. And I understand why, you know, he had to go. Yeah. But I think the idea of the show, obviously, that's really a dumb idea. I mean, if you had the opposite and people going around doing it to Democrats, it'd be a whole lot different. And yeah. I, I just think that's it's ridiculous. I mean... Yes, but at the same time, I mean, in politics all the time, you know, the press is going to try and make you yeah. fall into a trap, and it's your, I think it's your responsibility as a candidate not to fall into those traps. I agree. I just don't think it should be our entertainment, you know, watching, you know, I don't think our entertainment should be one side trying to get the other side to mess up. I mean, yeah. politics isn't supposed to be entertainment, you know. Yeah. But, um, and I think, yeah, you shouldn't say things like that, especially with the press on you. I mean, nowadays, you know, if you say something in a private call, that can get leaked so easily. Yeah. Oh, no, you're right. I mean, you look at what happened with Papa John when he said a racial slur and it got leaked to the press, which made him resign. And there's like a lawsuit about it. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to say something, you know, you got to be careful yeah. these days. But I think Jason Spencer, I'm glad he resigned because, again, yeah. I think if you're, I think he's legitimately racist and racist for yeah. human individuals, so. Yeah, if you're actually a racist, you know, you shouldn't be in office, but they shouldn't paint the picture that all right when you're on. Yeah. Which I, Which I feel like was, that I think this was that. He was legitimately racist. That yeah. He legitimately said racist, racist things. Uh, it's kind of like the Roseanne thing, you know. If you're actually racist, you know, get out. But let's just not well, assume everyone's racist. If you're racist. racist, then you are... I, I, I don't even consider you... I, I kind of consider you subhuman if you're a racist. Yeah, and there's, like, you know, all the people in the clan that think they're genetically superior, but, you know... They're sub, they're, oh, they're the definition of subhuman, I mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, you know... But I mean, They'll just be sitting in the woods, overweight, in their little dresses, yeah. and call themselves superior. Yeah, they're just disgusting, horrific individuals. Yeah, it's almost laughable how dumb they are. Yeah. But then, you know, it's scary how, in the past, they were all, they were terrorists. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's terrible. Um, so I think, you know, if someone's actually racist, you know, get them out. And, you know, I don't think we need to go on crusades assuming everyone on the right is racist well, yeah. but obviously if someone's racist towards any race any they're any political ideology then you're a you know pathetic joke of a human being i mean yeah exactly anything else you want to say on this sir uh i mean obviously like i said i support it being free speech i don't think like i said it should be entertainment us going around attacking politicians when it's a, specifically like you said left and right, or right on left, I think was kind of a worrying being of the two in the media. Yeah. You know, political satire, you know, that's one thing, but when it's like, you know, media kind of doing it, I think it's ridiculous, so I think we're good on this, I'm good on this topic. Anything else you want to? Uh, no, I should be good, so let's continue on to, uh, well, Trump can't keep his mouth shut because uh, look at all the tariffs that happened this week. 
tariffs. So we're going to talk about how bad tariffs are? Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about what Trump's doing with the tariffs. So <laughs> they pretty much made the news again this week. Uh, hurting like, the farmers. Yeah, hurting the farmers. I mean, well, and he calls it, ta- oh, and he said tariffs are the best. Tariffs yeah. are the best. Tariffs are a tax. If you raise tariffs, you are raising taxes. Another name for a tariff. I mean, a tariff is just a nicer way of saying exact Exactly. I mean, early in early America, I believe, you know, that's how taxes were. They were tariffs. Yeah, that was it. You know, tariffs used to be used not necessarily to say screw you to another country. It was to, you know, get revenue. Yeah. Yeah, tariffs are just a tax. So, um, yeah. And it's not, con- I mean, what? it's not conservative. And this just goes to show the cult-like mentality of some Trumpers in the Republican Party who will not call Trump out for the tariffs. Saying this up, exactly, you know, they're saying like, oh, we love capitalism, we hate taxes, but when Trump puts tariffs on, they're like, well, I mean, it's going to help our economy, you know. And it's ridiculous because Adam Smith, who kind of founded the idea of capitalism, was not for tariffs. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, the idea of the invisible hand, if I'm correct, it came from the idea of tariffs and trading. Well, they don't want to admit that Trump does anything wrong. So they'll back Exactly, I mean... ...awful, awful, unconservative tariffs. Exactly. They're not, like I said, you know, Trump and his movement, it's all populism. It's not even conservative anymore. Exactly. I mean, there's really no true conservatives anymore. Because conservatives used to be mildly libertarian. You know, yeah, well, Reagan, even though Reagan wasn't really libertarian on drugs he, or foreign affairs, he still had said on multiple occasions that libertarianism is the part of conservatism. And he's right. Exactly. But, you know, the Republican Party's not conservative, and most people who call themselves conservative are either populist on the right or they're neoconservatives yeah, which neo-conservative. is very much not libertarian yeah exactly neoconservative is you know very authoritarian very hawkish obviously and you know it can be somewhat for capitalism but it like they have this protectionism and yeah obviously Trump's tears you know hurt the economy like now he wants to bail out the farmers he hurt which oh, yeah. is it's really like, stupid how he's gonna subsidies. it's like they don't want subsidies they want free trade. Yeah, basically what he's doing is he's going to hurt other farmers. He's oh, going to hurt farmers. He's going to make it out like he's a hero because he's exactly. hurting farmers by, using, by giving them subsidies. It's like, you're not a hero if you're fixing a problem you started. Yeah, he's like running them over with a bus and he's going to drive the ambulance. Exactly. Actually, he's going to force someone else because it's going to use other people's taxpayer dollars to subsidize farmers he hurt exactly. in the first place. Ugh. But Trump is you know, conservative, they said. You know, all the economists who are actually decent economists would say, what are you doing? Yeah, Milton Friedman would lose his mind. Milton Friedman? Oh, yeah, Milton Friedman would lose his mind right now. Yeah. Like, what but, you know... Trump, stop, Trump, no! But as you said, the MAGA cultures will never admit when he's wrong. Yeah, I mean, he could come out tomorrow and be against free speech, and they would be like, well, you see, it was written back then, and now's a different time. 
I mean, if he were to sign something that said, you know, the Democrats don't have free speech, the MAGA cultures would support it. Oh, oh, it's even worse than that. I mean, tomorrow Trump could say capitalism has failed. We need to resort completely to socialism. And MAGA cultures would be like, okay. Okay, or they'd say he's playing 4D chess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, they just need to, you know, it's not wrong. I mean, you can like someone, even if they want to be like, you know, Trump supporters, you know, this is going to help him. I mean, you don't want him to wreck the economy because if this hurts the economy, he's not going to win. Exactly. So if they really want to support Trump, they should tell him, you know, what he's doing wrong and be like, hey, don't do that. If you hurt the economy, you're out. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, I don't want tariffs. So if we have to use that to get conservatives to not like tariffs since so be it yeah but it would be so funny if obama were to do the same thing mm-hmm. like oh i'm gonna put these tariffs on china we have been getting screwed over in our trade uh let me make it clear i still love capitalism but uh we need tariffs well, and then the mega cultures would scream at him oh it's the same thing with guns if you remember trump said Trump said in a quote, he said, take the guns first, have due process second. If Obama had said that, Obama would have, oh my gosh, he never would have been able to hear the last from from so-called conservatives if he said something like that. But Trump says something like that, okay, Trump, we're going to give you that. Yeah, the mag cultures, and even the moderate, you know, moderate conservatives, like you had Ben Shapiro on his show the next day saying, Trump. What the hell are you doing? Well, I don't know if Ben Shapiro is a moderate conservative. I think he's, he's more of a Reaganite conservative than he is a Trumper. Yeah, he's not necessarily a Trumper, but, you know, he was on there the next day. Yeah, he's not. He's almost more liber, lib, conservatarian. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't consider, I mean, he, he said, oh, I'm libertarian. I'm sorry. I, I don't know if he's libertarian because, I mean, he has... I mean, his thoughts on social issues, social issues don't really correlate with the libertarian. He's a hawk. That's kind of the... He's a hawk. Um, He's a bit on social issues, like, he has his personal values, but... Yeah, well, he was asked in an interview, he was like, they said, do you think conservatism is better or libertarianism? And he says, well, I think that conservatism is better than libertarianism because libertarians don't believe, not all the libertarians believe in the foundation of marriage and da 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 And it's like, they don't believe in the foundation of religion, and that's about the social fabric and da 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 It's like, okay, first of all, many libertarians are Christians. Like Ron Paul was very... Oh, Ron, Ron Paul was so Christian, and so is Rand Paul, and nobody, nobody accused Ron Paul of not being a real libertarian. Second of all, while many libertarians are either deist or agnostic or atheist, I haven't heard a single libertarian have any problem with religion existing. I mean, I don't yeah, they may have a problem with it, like me controlling society, exactly. using force, but... Yeah, I mean, aside from, if it's a glo- uh, sorry, aside from what were you saying? Aside from Gary Johnson, to an extent, although Gary Johnson was still Lutheran, so yeah, I mean, I'm just have problems, like I said, and we don't have to get into it with like big, like the Catholic Church, what it did in the past, like 
that's kind of my thing. But, you know, if you want to go to church, that's none of my business. Yeah, exactly. Just don't hurt anyone else. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but Ben Shapiro was like, oh, well, it was, you know, they don't agree with the foundation of religion. And it's like, no, no. And, and it's like, libertarians believe in religious liberty for everybody. And it goes back to, you know, the key part of the because most of them are Christians. And they're like, okay, uh, we should have all religious liberties for Christians, which is good. Every, every Christian should have all their religious liberties. But then of course. Say, um, hold on, let me try. You know, a Muslim. Yeah, like if, if a Muslim is wearing uh, a burqa in public, then they're going to be like, Oh, well, no, you can't do that. That's, that's wrong. Oh, blah, blah, blah. And libertarians believe that if you want to wear the... Camera, what are the names of the hats that Jewish people sometimes wear? That who? That Jewish people wear those hats. Oh, yarmulke? Yarmulke. If you want to wear a yarmulke, or you want to wear a, a cross or a rosary in public, or you want to wear a burqa in public, you should be allowed to do that. And exactly. don't believe that. They only believe in their... Religious liberty. Exactly. Like, you know, they were screaming, like, you know, oh, the church banker, you know, you have every right to deny service to a gay couple. But with them, when someone gets kicked out for wearing a Trump hat, they're like, no, this is unacceptable. Yeah, I, th- I think Ben Shapiro is more of a mainstream Republican. Like, he was even yeah. asked, I think there was, like, one episode where he was asked about whether he thought porn should be illegal, and the writer, the person who wrote into him said that he thought the government should control the porn distribution, and Ben Shapiro's like, well, I've moved more libertarian on this issue, so I'm going to say no, but I think that I have no problem with local governments banning porn. And it's like, really? I mean, this is the guy who's like, okay, like I'm... Community. Yeah, it's like, and, and he tried to make the argument that, oh, well, you can just move into another neighborhood. But isn't that the same argument that, like, union people make? That, oh, well, if you don't like the fact that you have to pay union dues in this neighborhood, even though, you know, you're not going to a union school, you st- then just pay up or just don't live in our neighborhood. It's like, you know, or it's like, if you don't like America, just leave it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, banning pornography, that's... I remember that episode, yeah, he had said, like, you know, obviously it shouldn't even be federal government, local, it should be a community thing. It's like, what are you going to do, lock up a 15-year-old? Yeah, exactly. That's my problem. I mean, and I feel like libertarians, there is a split. I mean, some libertarians have very conservative values. They're just like, I don't want to use the government to force you to follow my values. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, I mean... Li- a lot of people like to talk about right. There's a lot of people like to think that there's left libertarianism and there's right libertarianism. No, there's just libertarianism in my mind. And yes, there are different types of libertarianism, like classical liberalism and minarchism and anarcho-capitalism. But for the most part, I think it's just it's just libertarianism. Um, and some libertarians disagree on some issues, like like abortion. Some libertarians think that it's it's uh, if you have civil liberties, then abortion is a civil liberty, and others think that it's a violation of the non-aggression principle. 
But for the most part, it's just libertarian. I mean, there's not a right-wing version of libertarianism and a left-wing version of libertarianism. I mean, libertarians on some issues, I mean, typically fiscal issues, find common ground with conservatives, while on social issues, they tend to find more common ground with the left. But overall, it's just a, an ideology unto itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what I meant is, like, some have personal values, you know. Yeah. Well, like, I'd say, you know, my personal values are probably pretty moderately traditionalist. Yeah. But I don't want to force them on other people. I mean, I'd say I'm pretty moderate. I mean, I'm not super religious. I'm not religious, but, you know... I believe in family values, but what differentiates me from conservatives is like, I don't care if you're a man and a man or a woman and a man, just be good to your family. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to use the government to force you to not marry someone because it goes against my values. When I see a lot of people that say, oh, well, is this religion incompatible with the libertarian ideology? I don't think any religion is really incompatible with the libertarian ideology. When you think at it, like, if you think at it from the, like, if you separate your personal thoughts from what should be the law, then I don't think anything is incompatible. Like, if you're a Catholic and Catholics say things like, oh, euthanasia is bad, or... Or, or, or Catholics say, oh, we're against euthanasia, we're against gay marriage, we're against all this stuff. You can say, oh, or we're against capitalism. You, or, Well, actually, not all Catholics are completely against capitalism, but they say, oh, we're against euthanasia, or we're against gay marriage. You can say, and you're a libertarian and a Catholic, you can say, okay, well, in my mind, I think... Uh, euthanasia is bad and I think homosexuality is bad but that doesn't mean it should be the law you know you personally believe that gay marriage is immoral or you can personally believe that euthanasia is immoral but yeah exactly or if you're Muslim you know and you have like ideas that go against the libertarian ideology you can have those views but you just don't have to think those should be the law, you know? Yeah, I mean, really it just comes down to, are you going to use force, are you going to force your religious views on other? Yeah. Because, you know, a Jew forcing their religion and a Christian forcing their religion in the eyes of a libertarian, both are equally as bad. Exactly, yeah. My personal thing is, I don't mind what other people do as long as they don't hurt anyone else. For my personal values, just, you know... Be good to other people. Exactly. So, is there anything else you want to say on... I think we just started with Tariff Wars, and then we got off topic. So, is there anything else you want to yeah. say? On the t- uh, I guess we should just hope that he decides not to go with tariffs, and we can remove tariffs. I mean, I'm a big advocate for free trade, so... Yeah, as am I. Well, let's move on to the Trump-Cohen tapes. <laughs> All right, let's, so, let's do it. So there were uh, leaked tapes between Trump and his attorney, Michael Cohen, uh, that showed that he tried to pay off a Playboy star, uh, potentially because, I don't know, maybe they were having an affair, maybe Stormy Daniels asked. And now Michael Cohen has been turning on Trump a little bit. He, he's now claiming that Trump knew about Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with the Russians. Uh, so what are your thoughts on this? 
Uh, I can honestly say that me, I don't care about the president's past life if he had affairs with Playboy stars, porn stars, as long as it really wasn't like you know illegal. Like as long as it was consensual, it's not. I really don't care. I want to focus more on his policy. I think there's. You know, that's what we should be focusing on is what he's going to do about tariffs, you know, diplomacy. I mean, it's kind of a waste of time to be investigating what he did with a porn star because, you know, what we find out he did, which obviously he did with Stormy Daniels, but we find out he did with another star, like, what's going to change? Yeah. Well, for me... I mean, it's yeah. not like the left's going to hate him anymore. It's not like the mega cultures are going to change their minds. And the independents kind of already know what kind of guy he is, and they're either not going to care anymore. Like, I don't think anyone's really going to change their perspective regardless. Yeah, well, what I took, I, I kind of have mixed feelings on this, because on the one hand, you're right, there are more, you know, issues in the world like trade and foreign policy and civil liberties. You know, when you look at all that in the grand scheme of things, you know, Trump having sex with... Uh, a porn star or a Playboy star, you know, isn't exactly, it's not exactly what keeps me up at night. But, but, at the same time, I kind of feel like if, Bill, if this happened to Bill Clinton, like if, if Bill Clinton were president and Stormy Daniels was alleging that Bill Clinton did this, or there was a tape that came out that said, Oh, well, Bill Clinton did this, or, or Bill Clinton paid off a Playboy star potentially for uh, having sex with her. I, I, I kind of am obliged to think that Fox News would be covering it quite a bit. Oh, of course. I mean, they would. I mean, it's all partisan politics right now. <laughs> yeah. And then also, yes, it, I mean, it is consensual, but I mean, I'm trying to think how. It, mm. It's not necessarily moral. Yeah, it's not moral, but uh, and I, I mean, I do, I do care about the type of character that our president is. I mean, it's not like that. Like, character doesn't matter at all. I mean, it's not the number one thing. Like, for example, a lot of people like to say that Obama was a good president because they liked his character. Uh, just because Obama had a good uh, character doesn't uh, doesn't uh, erase the fact that he. Uh, single-handedly destroyed the Democratic Party and brought our country in a horrible direction and broke the health care system and introduced yeah. the Iran nuclear deal uh, and raised taxes on uh, the Middle East, you know. Yeah, ex exactly. And was but a block on foreign policy. It. <laughs> and, and who criticized the Patriot Act. Well, and again, we talked earlier about the Democratic Party going in a left direction. I think Obama might have to do, have a lot to do with that, because think of it like this. I mean, Obama is, Obama, what's his name? Obama, what he did was he, um... You're uh, saying about the Patriot Act? Well, there's the Patriot Act, which he said he was against, but Obama, when he came into office as president... When he was a senator, he had the most, at the time, he had the most liberal voting record of any Democrat in the Senate at that point when he was elected president. So, just kind of makes me wonder, you know, because Obama had the most liberal voting record. I mean, I think he might have helped move the Democratic Party in a more leftist direction that we're seeing now. And more aggressive on foreign policy, for sure. Well, that's true, too. But, I mean... 
think of it like this. When Obama came into office, if you look at the state of Arkansas, every statewide elected official in Arkansas was a Democrat when Obama entered office in 2009. When Obama left office in 2017, every statewide elected official in Arkansas was a Republican. Why? Because the Democrats in Arkansas that were there originally, they were all uh, conservative Democrats. They were blue dog Democrats. And then when Obama left office, they had all flipped from being blue dog Democrats to just Republicans. They were like, well, I guess the Democrats abandoned us, so I'm going to go to the Republicans because they allegedly have more conservative principles. And to this date, they're still being duped by the, the Republican Party into thinking that there are actually really conservative people controlling the party. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, you know, the conservative Democrats, yeah, like the Democrats, the party of JFK is kind of leaving. It's becoming the party of, well, like I said, you know. I, I'm not sure I... I... I'm not sure I, re- I, I, I would use JFK as an example of a conservative Democrat because JFK, yes, he was pro-life, but he was also he was also pro-socialized Medicare. Yeah. So you know, like he was centrist, I'd say. To an extent, but I mean, I, he did he did have very very liberal fiscal mm-hmm. ideas. Um, I would say I'm trying to think of a better example. He was in the NRA, you know. I would say the party of Grover Cleveland is dead because Grover Cleveland yeah. was, a libertarian, was essentially a libertarian Democrat who believed in free trade and the gold standard. Um, he was what was known as a bourbon Democrat. Bourbon Democrats were essentially libertarians that were Democrats in the 1800s. Gotcha, yeah. So I would say that would be more like him and Sam Tilden, who almost became president, who who won the popular vote but lost the presidency by one electoral vote. (laughs) He was a Democrat, too, in the 1800s. Apologies for background noise, by the way. Um, But getting back to the Trump calling takes, we keep going off topic. I mean, yeah. It's, uh, so like you said, obviously a president's character is important to an extent. It's just, I don't know if we need an investigation about it. Yeah. I think it's completely unnecessary. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you gotta admit, like... I'm still concerned about it, and I do think it still needs to be covered. Maybe just not to the extent that it's covered. Maybe... Because I, I saw that a lot of the CNN coverage is about Stormy Daniels. I think... The press has every right and every responsibility to cover this story um, because it, the, the president's character is still still important. It's not like with Obama where, oh, Obama's a nice guy, so therefore he's a good president. But at the same time, the president's character is still important and still ought to be covered. Maybe just not, but I don't think I, that needs to be covering it 24-7. I agree. It, there can be coverage on it. It's just, yeah. I don't think we need an investigation. Is the whole point? Like I said, it's gone out of proportion because you know. I really don't think it's going to change much either way. I mean, it'll just be the Democrats, you know, go, huh? Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. It'll be gotcha, you know, journalism. Is there anything else you want to say on this issue? Uh, honestly, I just think everyone needs to shut up about it. It's really. In the grand scheme of things, although good to have a president with good character, it's really not as important as his policy. It's not worth an investigation when, you know, it's like when if Russia's actually having an election, I'd be more worried about that than 
you know, who the president slept with. That's true. You want to move on now, or? Yeah. All right. So let's move on to uh, Attorney General Jeff Sessions. I am not a Sessions fan. <laughs> How could anybody who's a libertarian be a Jeff Sessions fan? Exactly. I mean, he has. I'm a conservative, guys. Oh, I'm going to help the federal government try and stop Colorado from having legal weed. Exactly. Come on. So, just... You know, states' rights. Republicans claim to be for states' rights, but with Jeff Sessions Only comes when it's wrong. what they care about. Only when it's the issues they care about. So, Jeff Sessions was mocking a bunch of... Let's see. Let's, let me pull up the official quote. How many stories do we have left? Just wondering. Uh, I had a couple. I can cut some if you want me to, but let me. I I had a there were a lot of news stories this week. I've got to talk about Rocky DeSantis, Ron DeSantis under fire amongst kids, and he was mocking. He said, "Here's what he says." Through things like trigger warnings about microaggressions, they have cry closets, shape spaces, optimal exams, therapy goats, and great inflation. Too many schools and coddling young people and actively preventing them from scrutinizing the validity of their beliefs on the issues of the day. And then he apparently mocked Cornell for having a crying session. Encouraging kids to drop out their feelings. Pretty much the whole speech was just saying, ha ha, look at all these snowflakes on college campuses. And then everybody in the audience was like, ah, corrupt, ah, corrupt. And he apparently really liked that. But I guess it made headlines. Yeah, I think college safe space, that is ridiculous. I mean, if you would have seen after the election, they were canceling exams, like, calm down. Yeah. And I don't know if he really needs heat for this. I think Jeff Sessions deserves heat for things, just not this. Yeah, I mean, it's not the biggest right. story. Exactly. I mean, he should get heat for, you know, how aggressive he wants to be on the drug war. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't like the guy, but that's whatever. He even opposes medical marijuana. It's like... Exactly. I mean, I think people would be more mad about that than some quote. Let's not help our troops out and, you know, maybe give medical marijuana to troops that are suffering from PTSD. No, 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 no. All marijuana is bad. The devil's lettuce. Exactly. Well, he's a controversial figure among civil rights groups as well, because apparently Reagan wanted him to be the... uh, the the, uh, the U.S. attorney for the District of Alabama, but he was rejected by Congress because he, there were rumors that there was a quote. He, there was It's unknown whether he actually said this, but there was rumors that there was a quote going around that he said that uh, the, the KKK was okay until he learned, or he was okay with the KKK until he learned they smoked weed. <laughs> I, I, uh, I really hope that's not real. I, yeah. You know, I think Jeff yeah. Sessions needs to just retire and spend more time being the, uh, what, what's that cracker company? Uh, with the, like, Saltine? 
No, the, the grand company with the leprechaun guy on it, the dwarf guy. Uh, I think I know what you're talking about. It's like a dwarf guy and crackers? Yeah. Jeff Sessions, I think Jeff Sessions needs to spend more time being that guy than being the Attorney General of the United States. Yeah, he's ridiculous, and that seems like something you'd want to be concerned about if he said that about the KKK. I think he needs to spend more time uh, practicing for his new role as a hobbit in the next Lord of the Rings movie than being the Attorney General of the United States of America. Yeah, uh, he's, I, I really despise him. Yeah, I can't stand Jeff Sessions. Anything else you want to say on this issue? Not really the biggest issue, but... Yeah, it's not the biggest issue. <laughs> Nothing too, else too big to say. But, yeah. Anything else you want to say? Uh, no. I think that's all for that issue. All right, so let's... I know you had something about Thomas Massey I'm interested in. Yeah, we'll get to that, but first let's talk about... Drum roll. Ron DeSantis. So Representative Ron DeSantis, Republican from Florida, is a currently a candidate for governor of the state of Florida. Now, I have endorsed... Hold on. So there's currently a bunch of candidates in the Florida governor's race. It's Many people think... Because currently in the Florida governor's race, I... Uh, current governor, Republican uh, Rick Scott, cannot run again uh, as he is term limited uh, and is instead running for the United States Senate against current Senator Bill Nelson, Democrat from Florida. Um, but currently, uh, the race is on to replace him and uh, some of the, uh, let, me, let me pull up the governor's race on Wikipedia real quick. Fire for 
something he said about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. So let me pull up what he said real quick. Obviously, if you saw, I can probably get a 
a quote of his because I wrote an article on this. But uh, I'll just get that up. But obviously, I don't think he's necessarily evil. I think he's just, you know, kind of authoritarian. And obviously, he's different. You know, a lot of people are complaining he'll take away, uh, what is it, Roe v. Wade, and he's against abortion. But he seems pretty neutral on the issue. I don't think he's going to do anything about it. Yeah. I, I agree. He's not... I don't think he's a good choice at all. I don't think I'd vote for him if I were a member of Congress right now. But, I mean... I wouldn't either, really. I wouldn't, either, but I, says, I wouldn't say that that they're complicit with evil. I mean, that's just a divisive quote. Yeah, and uh, what he had said, I have this quote. When he was talking about, like, you know, the NSA collect unwarranted phone collection, he said, in my view, the national security need outweighs the impact on privacy association associated by this program. I have another quote. Those who give up liberty for temporary safety deserve neither. Exactly. I thought the same thing when I read that. Like, Yeah. I mean, that just goes against all of it. I mean, it just goes against all of it. He's, he's, he's a bad choice. He should have gone yeah, to I mean, college. In my opinion, Kethledge was more of, or no, not even Kethledge. He should have gone with Mark, with Mike Lee, because even though Mike, Mike Lee, Lee, exactly, even though Mike Lee isn't as libertarian as I'd like him to be, he's still libertarian-ish. I mean, he's still, he still votes against military spending. Oh. Yeah, and he wouldn't talk about the Yeah, whereas most Republicans are like, oh well, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm all against government spending. I'm so small government. But we should have military spending. And we should have police militarization. Yeah, man. Global empire. Global empire. I'm so small government. I want a global empire. Whereas Mike Lee isn't like that. Mike Lee is, uh, he is, uh, you know, um, he does vote against small government things. But, uh, or he votes for smaller government things. But, uh, I mean, I, I've always associated him more with the Tea Party than I do with the Libertarian movement. Um, but, I mean, I will say that he is... Uh, more principled. He is more principled. Uh, definitely better. I don't think there was any chance he was going to get out on the list. I think out of the finalists, the best was probably Raymond Kethledge. Because Raymond Kethledge was very strong on civil liberties. Um, I, obviously, yeah, I, like, I wanted Mike Lee. Yeah, I wanted Mike Lee, but I think Raymond Kethledge, out of the finalists, because... Yeah, Mike Lee did, yeah. Raymond Kethledge was a finalist, and I read a little bit about Raymond Kethledge, and he was a big supporter of civil liberties. So I would have... And and think and also would it, well he was a big supporter of civil liberties and it would be almost impossible for him not to get confirmed because, I mean, he was an outdoorsman. So can you imagine, you know, Joe Manchin having to go back to his constituents or John Tester or Heidi Heitkamp having to go back to their constituents and saying they voted against a big outdoorsman who was principled and fought for civil liberties? I mean, it, it would probably campaign suicide. I mean, it would be like, they, they probably yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so, right now it's being introduced by Mark Meadows, North Carolina, and Jim Jordan. 
uh, of Ohio, both Republicans. So, and I guess what they're trying to say is that he didn't, he was subpoenaed to hand over documents, but he didn't. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm going to help with some reading too, because uh, apparently uh, Jeff Sessions is now coming out and defending him. Yeah. And Yeah, like you said, uh, Jim Jordan's saying they're going to impeach him, so... Uh, so they're also saying he didn't handle, if I'm not correct, about uh, Trump's investigation. Yeah. Well, I think if there's evidence he was, you know, not doing it right, uh, they should. I'm not uh, too knowledgeable about if he was actually did his job or not. What is your kind of stance? Um, I think it's very hypocritical of Republicans to do this because he didn't. I don't think he committed a legitimate crime based on what I've heard. And I think it's going to be very easy for Democrats to say, oh, well, we're going to impeach Trump once they get Congress back. Um, And I think it's going to make Republicans look bad. Yeah. I don't know if there's necessarily they'll need to impeach him. Do you think they actually will? Democrats, I don't know. I mean, but I think it would— Rosenstein? Oh, Rosenstein? I think it would hurt them to impeach Rosenstein. Yeah, do you think they will? I think they're trying to. They've introduced articles of impeachment. Yeah, so I think there's 11 who are. Yes, but it's being led by uh, Kevin McCarthy, or not Kevin McCarthy, uh, Jim Jordan, Republican from Ohio, and Mark Meadows, Republican from North Carolina. Yeah. I'm I'm saying I'm not sure. I wonder if they'll actually be able to go through with it because Jeff Sessions is coming out and uh, defending him. Yeah. He says, yeah, I'm just looking up. He has a lot of confidence. So I really don't think that they're going to be able to. I mean, if Jeff Sessions is defending him. Yeah. Jeff Sessions of all people. Yeah. Oh. Crap. Crap. Oh, yeah, I turned it off by accident. Sorry. You're okay. So, anyways, so, um, yeah, so let me get to the next story. So, um, so, yeah, so, yeah, I think that it's not a good idea to impeach him. Yeah, and I don't think they'll be able to go through with it. Yeah. I don't see any, I haven't heard of much evidence saying he did much illegal, but I don't think... They'll be able to with Jeff Sessions. I agree. Anything else you want to say on this matter? Uh, not really. So, would you, even if it didn't hurt the GOP, I mean, do you want him gone? Who? Uh, Rosenstein. I want him gone, but I don't want him gone through impeachment. I want him to be either fired or something else, because if... Rose, the only reason Trump is keeping Sessions around is because Sessions, uh, if it's not Sessions, then it's Rosenstein, because Rosenstein is the deputy AG, so he becomes yeah. acting AG. I, I would like to see Rose, if, if he were gone, he could get an actual principled conservative to be AG r- rather than Jeff Sessions, but again, I just don't think, I think they need to get rid of... I just don't think they should do it through impeachment, essentially. Yeah, okay. I would agree with that, because then, like you said, it'll give Democrats 
more confidence. Yeah, it'll be well. It'll make Democrats look better, essentially. Yeah, but yeah, I'm not too big on him either. Yeah. I mean, there's not really many. Uh, what is it? Uh, politicians. I'm big fans of. Yeah, you're probably right about that. I find most of them are hypocrites. You know, authoritarian. Mm-hmm. All right, so I don't have too much else to say. Uh, I yeah, like you. he said, I mean, him getting fired might be better, but yeah, I doubt it'll come to either. So, is there anything else you want to say about this issue, or? Um, not really. I mean, maybe who would you want to see as attorney? Do you have like a state? Trey Gowdy would be fine. I mean, I mean, realistically, Trey Gowdy is probably the best choice. I mean, he's not the best choice in the world, but realistically, that would be the type of guy Trump would get. That's actually good. He's actually principled. Yeah, I'm not a big, like I said, I don't like Jeff Sessions. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, do you want to move on? Yeah, I'll I'll just say briefly, like, if Jeff Sessions is defending someone, it's a big chance I won't like him. Yeah. So why don't we move on to the speaker race? So, as you know, Rhino, Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, will not be running for re-election this year. So now the race has begun to replace him. Kevin McCarthy, the House Majority Leader, Republican from California, that's weird to say, uh, is uh, has announced his candidacy for Speaker, as has Jim Jordan, the representative from Ohio, Republican from Ohio, um, who is a part of the, uh, the efforts to impeach Rod Rosenstein. So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, well, personally, you know, I'll just go to Paul Ryan real briefly. I'm not too, I didn't hate him as much as most people. Uh, I really didn't like, uh, Mitch McConnell as much. I feel like Paul Ryan was more principled. Would you kind of agree with that? I don't know if he's... I mean, he said before that he was going to cut the budget and cut the deficit, and then all of a sudden he comes out with the omnibus spending bill. I think, honestly, Ryan's tenure has been an absolute disaster. I think there was hope for him when he came in. I feel like the omnibus... Ryan was kind of more against it, but I feel like Mitch McConnell was the one who kind of pushed that more, McConnell and Trump. But, uh... But, yeah, but he still bought into it, and he still... Oh, yeah. I mean, he's so... I mean, he's he's willing to be bullied around. Exactly. Like, I thought he's too nice is my problem. I thought Boehner was a better choice, honestly, for Speaker. Yeah, because, you know, Paul Ryan, you know, like you said, he was the nice... Like you were saying, pushed around. He was kind of a nice guy. He wanted to come in with these policies, and people kind of just kicked him around. Yeah. But, uh, honestly... I'm willing to really take anyone as long as it's not Nancy Pelosi. <laughs> yeah. That I am terrified of. Anybody else you, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it doesn't even come down to, like, I'm supporting too many people because I just don't want Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Well, that's what Kevin McCarthy said, was he said, I want the next speaker to be from California. I just don't want it to be Nancy. I want it to be me. And that was his announcement. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's really any good libertarian. I mean, Jim Jordan is sort of conservative, but he has too many skeletons in his closet. And, uh, 
Kevin McCarthy, I mean, he's too much of a mainstream Republican like uh, Paul Ryan was, in my opinion. Yeah. I agree. So at this point, it's not even I'm supporting any of them. I just, as long as it's not Nancy Pelosi. Is there anything else you want to say on this issue, or? I guess, you know, we kind of got to get Nancy Pelosi out, because if you think about it, if Democrats are the majority and they're going to try to pass things, I feel like Trump may go along with Democratic bills to get them to like him more. Could you almost see that? A little bit, yeah. Yeah, it's just... And even if not, I mean, it'll just be a disaster. I mean, Pelosi and Trump butting heads. Yeah. But uh, I don't think there's anything else more I have to say. Well, then let's move on to Thomas Massey. I do like Thomas Massey. <laughs> so I do too. So Representative Thomas Massey, a Republican from Kentucky, has been heavily rumored as a potential candidate for 2020 for the Libertarian nomination. However, in a new video by Reason.com, he rules it out completely, saying he will not run for president on any party line in 2020. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Uh, I would obviously like him for president. I mean, a libertarian. I would like him to run. I understand, you know, he may not want to run. I mean, yeah. I think almost, I feel like he should almost run with the GOP. I'm kind of torn on that because I feel like he could help the Libertarian Party. There's always 2024. I mean. Yeah. So I'm not. I mean, I I would like to see him run, but I don't know for which party. I mean, and also who else would be running? I mean, if he's because I don't think Rand wants to run. Yeah, Rand has already endorsed Trump for 2020. So I wouldn't mind seeing Massey. I feel like in the Republicans, they're going to just go with Trump. So. If he were to run in 2020, I think Libertarian. For 2024, if he decided to run, that's a different game. Yeah. Well, right now... Because obviously taking... Trump will be out and... Yeah. You know, I... it'll leave a vacuum for the leader of the GOP. Yeah. Maybe Mike Pence, maybe, I don't know. Hopefully not Mike Pence. But, Hopefully yeah, right... Not, so... Yeah, sorry. I can understand him wanting to wait for 2024. Yeah, I, it's looking like right now, it's looking like the main people that are going to be the libertarian frontrunners are going to be John McAfee, the candidate for president in 2016, who's already says he wants to run again. He was the computer developer, the billionaire guy. Uh, it could also be uh, Joe Walsh, the former representative from Illinois, uh, or Bill Weld. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly just think this year, uh, I honestly am thinking that it's just going to be Trump, honestly. It's not that necessarily I want or don't want. It's just that's what I think it's going to be. Yeah. So let's, do you want, why don't we move on to the next story? We only have a few more stories left. All right. This, this next one involves the former attorney general to Barack Obama, Eric Holder, so Eric Holder has been heavily rumored to run for president in 2020, and now he's saying that he's heavily considering it, but he'll make his decision by next year. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, 
you know, someone working under the Obama administration. So you were saying 2020, correct? Yeah, 2020. Uh, I don't think he's going to have what it takes to be Trump, honestly. I agree. He has too many skeletons in his closet. Exactly. I mean, I just don't think he's going to... I don't really know if I necessarily want him either. I don't want him at all, but... Exactly. I mean, I'm looking a bit at some of his views, and it looks like he was very much for... He defended drone strikes. Yeah. No. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I really... Really don't want to... Oh, my. <laughs> I mean, I'm just looking at a few more of his views real quick to get a thing, and I really don't want him. I'm just saying, oh, it'll be a rough one. But I don't think he's going to be able to beat Trump anyway. Yeah. So, anything else you want to say on this issue? Uh, I really hope it's not him. Not even that, you know, I'm a big Trumpy. It's just, I don't like him. But I don't think he's, like I said, I don't think he has what it takes. So, uh, then let's move on to the second-to-last story that we have. A CNN reporter banned from the White House. <laughs> so... Uh, apparently a CNN reporter asked something Trump didn't like, and Trump is now saying that she will not be invited or welcomed back to the White House. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is trying to defend Trump while people in the press, including Fox News, uh, are defending this reporter. What are your thoughts? I really think it's outrageous to ban her. Uh, do you have exactly what she said? I mean, unless she was, like, saying harassments, you know, unless she was, like, harassing him... Yeah. I think. Uh, I don't know. Do you have exactly what she asked? Or... Let's see. Trump bans woman. Let's see. I think they're kind of like saying. Yeah, I think that's ridiculous. She, they deemed it inappropriate. And now, I, yeah, I'm reading this. They don't want to use the word ban necessarily, but. Yeah, barred from attending the Rose saying... Garden press conference. Yeah, banned from attending the uh, the Rose Garden conference. Yeah, they're... So, I don't know. I mean, they're kind of saying, like, she was being inappropriate. She but, wasn't. You know, I mean, this is coming from Trump. And if you look at his Twitter, that's a little bit hypocritical. Yeah. I mean, stop, so, stop being a baby Trump. Yeah, I mean, I think the president should take the high road. I agree. So I don't think you really need to ban her. I think that's a bit ridiculous. I, I 100% agree. Even though, you know, I don't like CNN, obviously. I despise CNN. You know. Yeah. It's part of his job. Deal with it. Yeah. Just go tweet about it later. Yeah. Alright. You're right. Okay, anything else you want to say on that issue? Uh, I don't think so. Well, then let's move on to our final story involving Gary Johnson. Weed. <laughs> the government Gary. should force you to make cakes for people. people. Yeah, Gary baked the cake Johnson. Yeah. So let's talk about him. So the New Mexico Senate race is happening this year, and currently we are listing it as safely democratic for Martin Heinrich. Politics Weekly lists it as safely Democratic, but uh, currently, on top of the Republican, uh, Mick Rich be running, 
There's also a libertarian running named Aubrey Dunn. He is the public lands commissioner of New Mexico, and he's the only statewide elected official registered as a libertarian in the country. So he uh, is uh, running, and he, of course, has the libertarian nomination, but he might be dropping out soon. And this has led Gary Johnson to kick around the can a little bit and said, say that he might run for this seat. So, what are your thoughts on this? I would like to see Gary Johnson run. I mean, I know we kind of say bake the cake, but still, I think, you know, it would help the liberty movement for him to at least run. And I know he's not always perfect. You know, he can be, you know, I don't want to say dumb at times, but what is Aleppo? And, uh, do you think, you know, his bake. Do you think he'd caught? Do you think he'd caught if he won? Which I don't think he would. But if he did win, do you think he'd caucus with the Republicans or the Democrats? That's what I worry about. That's why I mean I want him to run. I feel like he should caucus with the Republicans. I mean, I don't know if he would though, because exactly he's I mean, like he pro Black Lives Matter and stuff. Point, but I don't know if he would. So, I mean, I still want him to run. I don't think he'll win. But I don't see him necessarily harming anything by running. I agree. I feel like if he, it helped if he caucused with the Republicans, though. Is there anything else you want to say about this? Uh, not really. I mean, I honestly don't think he's going to win. Well, you kind of... I, I agree. Um, but uh, I think that's all the topics we have. So thank you for joining me this week. Uh, Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. So you can uh, follow him on Instagram at refoundingfather. Where else can uh, people watch you? Uh, you can read my articles at 71republic.com. Uh, if you follow my Instagram, I'll promote them. Uh, I'm going to be making t-shirts soon, just figuring a few designs out. So, yeah, thanks for having me on. Ah, thank you for coming on. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. Thanks.